Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. All right. Okay. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Oh, I'm not sure anymore. I actually changed my mind and now I'm doubtful. Doubtful. Hmm. Don't know about that. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where the show, the only show, the only show where, where Alistair we, and I, we, we, you and I, come on. Alistair, with, with exactly five or more sketch ideas. Sketch ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. It is. It is more than exactly five. So yeah. I, 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 exactly I think, five or more. Mm, yeah. I I stand by that. I don't you think you should. I, you should stand in it. Mm, You're I, up to your fucking knees in it, Andy. Yes. You <laughs> are absolutely drenched in it. There is, there is not getting another drip of that inside of you. What's you your strategy? You are quenched. What I am. I'm sodden. <laughs> what is your strategy for getting into? Bodies of water. Are you a um, are you a jumper, or are you a gradual squealer? Uh, look, when it comes to it, um, I haven't I haven't run in and, and jumped in for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just you know maybe age, maybe it's age. But it might also be a practical concern in that you're probably when you're at a body of water these mm. days, most likely with your young son. Yeah, but often I can leave him and go for my own thing. But often I will go in first and wade with him or. You know, you run, you run. leave your young son unattended at well, the at the body of water. I'm usually there with my beloved. Ah, you know, or even your gun. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and he say, "You hold this, you hold this, and you and guard our towels. <laughs> you hold this, and this will make drowning too scared to come anywhere mm-hmm. near you. To come water too afraid to enter your lungs. Mm. Yeah." Um, yeah, because I mean, he love he likes the waves, but he mostly likes running away from them. Or the game is now just I pick him up and lift him over each wave, and they come more frequently than you would ever imagine. Once you once you take on that kind of a responsibility, mm-hmm. I imagine that a wave is is along so shockingly often, and you probably mm-hmm. realize more like you you realize what constitutes a wave now that you have this small man yeah tiny that, little man yeah that rel- relatively all these um what before you might have thought of mere as as, as, a, as a bit of mere chop that's right it was, it was t- as a slight you know none of these were sort of set waves you know these mm. kind of the these these big sort of uh, double amplitude kind of things where mm. waves of build upon waves that kind mm. of stuff no, 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 we're talking just ripples. The, the little ripples. These are things that can mm. smack him in the face now, <laughs> you know? And he forgets very quickly that other waves may be coming. Yeah. As soon as one wave no, hits him a little bit. Well, that's the wave uh, taken care yeah. of now to drop all my defences. That's right. And so that's why the gun comes in handy. Do you think that if you had a gun in your mouth, mm-hmm. um, that it could be used to avoid drowning? Uh, it's sort of set there at the back of your, so that the barrel 
sort of comes out. It, it sort of stops just before your teeth mm. um, and, you know, inside your mouth just before yep. your teeth. And if you, if you go underwater, mm-hmm. it starts to shoot bullets. You have to keep your mouth open, yeah. obviously, so that you don't shoot yourself in the teeth. Sure. But do you think that the pressure of the gas and all that release going out like that would would drive the water away from your mm. mouth? I mean, there would be a bit of there would be a momentary respite. Yeah. From the influx. but that might be all you need. Well, you know, it might create enough of a like a vortex if you mm. if it's a spinning bullet, mm-hmm. it could create like a like a reverse whirlpool that goes up towards the air. Yes. And creates a little tunnel through which you could catch one breath. That would be so cool mm. if you could have if you could use some sort of vortex mm. as a snorkel. Yeah. Right? A little water funnel that leads down into your mouth. I reckon the people at Dyson could get this going. I mean if you had a powerful fan yes. in your mouth, maybe in instead your mouth. of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you're at the point where you're putting a gun in your mouth, I, you can start considering other options that might take as much space up but might be more effective. Well, what I realised is that the gun will buy you a little bit of time. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Sure. And that might be the crucial time that it, it, that it needs for somebody to come and rescue you. Well, but yeah. it did occur to me that they're going to be slightly less inclined to rescue mm. you if you've got a gun mouth. Um, yeah, but then there's a chance that you're also being drowned. Mm. Ah, you see, <laughs> by a by an active participant. Yeah, and so then the gun comes really in mm. handy. Instead of having just like a sort of a long straw come out of your mouth, <laughs> yes, then will sort of you know not be as helpful because they can just put their finger in it. <laughs> um, but I I like this this Dyson vortex mm. that you go underwater. There's a spinning blade in your mouth. Yeah. But it's being done. It's all concealed. It's fine. It's it creates very a little whirlwind thing that curves around. It gets up. sliced up and cut, cut up. Very, ta- very tastefully. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and you and you suck air. It's it's perfect. Yeah. I think that I think the physics is all there. You, it could be that the the blades of mm. are, are even like in a somersault sort of circular thing around the outside of your mouth. Yeah, it would have creating... to kind of create bubbles. It would almost have to extract the oxygen that's kind of dissolved in the water. I don't think it has to do and that. And create bubbles Yes. that then you spin around and cr- creates a tube all the way up to the, to the roof But I don't the water. think it needs the bubbles. No? No, I, because you do already have those whirlpools in the ocean, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. That I, are I, just I like that. a yeah. hole in the water that yeah, goes right. down. I forgot, I forgot about down. that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to picture, I think in my mind I was trying to picture a big whirlpool mm. that starts at its widest in your mouth Oh. and then goes thinly all the way to the top. Yeah. But I've realized that you're actually bringing the air down mm. rather than sort of pushing the water up. Correct, correct. And out of the way. Yeah. Look, I think that's great. I'm, uh, I mean, look, I'm going to write down novel, mm, uh, novel. Underwater breathing apparatus. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> I do like your idea. Cures for well. drowning. I was Cure. kind of, yeah. Or oh, prevent, yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, underwater breathing. I think, well, drowning is a, it's a pretty, it's pretty bad. Like it happens a lot. Yeah. And. I think in the past we've talked about ways to make drowning more enjoyable, but now we've moved to rather than the treatment, yeah, merely the you know the amelioration. Sure. We've worked, we've we've transitioned into prevention. Yeah, it's kind of like those you know there's the medicine right now is sort, mm. sort of treatment dealing with um, symptoms, symptoms really, mm. right? Um, but 
what we want to get to is those people who can stop us from dying. Exactly. Yeah. Prevention is the best cure, yeah. I and, think. But um, I just want, while we're here, I think something that's a little, like as, as another alternative to this anti-drowning mm. kind of a technology is something that's a bit like one of those inflatable rafts that, mm. you know, you pull on something and it goes like that and, and blows up. Well, if you had one of those in your mouth. Mm. Okay. okay. Yes. So. It's tucked away in a corner like a just, hamster with a piece of corn. Exactly. You sort of you line the inside of the cheek. There's a mm. bit of spare space there, mm. right? And you know it's sort of a Scandinavian design. You can <laughs> tuck it in <laughs> like that. It like beautiful, beautiful lines. It all just slips away. That's right. And, and if anything, it feels better than the inside of your cheek does, and it protects your cheek from being bitten. Yes, Alistair, yeah. a cause close to your heart. Yes, absolutely. And so. You do that, and then you're underwater, and you realize, I'm not going to get up to the surface in time mm. before I absolutely need to take a breath. Yep. I am gagging for a breath right so now. So for me, about two, three seconds into having you, my head oh underwater. My God. Oh my, okay, Andy, just go underwater. This is when we're trying to record a sketch. Okay, Andy, so just go underwater for a little bit, just like 10 seconds or something like that, and then... <laughs> I had to look like I had drowned. Yeah. So I had to lie. I, r- I had to run into the water and then dive under the water and then just lie there, just... looking like I had drowned. And in my mind, I'm like, "It's easy. I can it's... hold my breath for ages." You know what? In everybody's mind, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> it was only in your reality that it seemed impossible. Well, so in my reality, yeah. I had been lying there for God knows how long. Yeah. I know. My lungs burning, desperate <laughs> for a gasp of air, and I would come up, and they would shout at me. You literally went down less than a second ago. Yeah, yeah. and it was just like Andy. You just have to look like you've drowned for a second, like even just because yeah. like so, so you just flap, and then you kind of just float, and then you just got to float like two, three, four, just so we can, just mm. so we can cut. It can, you know, mm. just even so that the, the mind has the opportunity to, to imagine mm. that you, you know, continue to float. Mm. No. Uh, no, you couldn't do that. So, um, so in this apparatus, so you, you pull on it. You'll mm. say you're two, three, you know, 20 or 30 meters underwater. You reach a little hooked finger inside little hooked your finger. mouth. You pull on the like that. The it inflates rip. inside your mouth and then comes out a little bit. Yeah. Right? Now, the part that's inflated inside your mouth, there is some dense, pure oxygen in there for you to breathe right now. Mm, but, dense, pure oxygen. Yeah. So super cool. It's like seven degrees or so, uh, Kelvin. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was even more dense before you pulled the thing. Yeah. So you just allowed it to kind of become acceptable for breathing. So yep. I think it might, could have been too dense and then you would have got woozy and passed out or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So you do that and then it starts to bring you, float you towards the top because of this air. Because <gasps> the, the buoyancy. The, the buoyancy of it. And, uh, but then you're also already breathing on the way up and then it gets you there and then you are happy. Fine. And then you, you, you keep that there for yeah. as long as, nece- as is necessary. So automatic inflating mouth, um, Mouth vest. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of it's an inflatable mouth vest or mouth boat. Mm. To be mm. honest, I don't see why we wouldn't just have that at all times. You know. Yeah. Because because it's one of those things. Like, why wouldn't you always be wearing a bulletproof vest? 
you know, I do. That's true. I mean, yeah. It's like if, if a bulletproof vest got in the way of you talking, mm. would we still wear them all the time? I, I, I still would wear it as just as much all the time as I do now. Well, because you're just as likely, I guess, to be shot while you're talking. Mm, I'm you're... even more likely to be shot while I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, you think it's the talking that <laughs> will lead to get, getting shot? <laughs> yeah. Do you think you might get shot by a cyclist that you yelled at? You make it sound like I have some sort of cyclist, some anti-cyclist thing. You'd, you'd not, because you are in, in any way more of a cyclist than cyclists themselves, even though you probably haven't been on a bike for haven't maybe bike for 10 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I work, I repair bicycles. Mm, and 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And I shout at cyclists. Who, who shout at you. Who, who shout at me and ride obnoxiously yeah. on the footpath. In a shared, in a shared... Um, a shared zone. Where that where means. we are, we exist in the same ecosystem. Yeah. We have the same enemy. Mm-hmm. Cars and rust and rust. Mm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um. private school. You're going to send your kid to private school. Your kids to private school. You 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 believe? Would you, in do the, you think uh, you would do that? Um. Yeah. If they got a scholarship and it was free. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think. I mean, it's so strange because it's like you hear about schools are like. Twenty thousand or forty thousand. Forty thousand dollars a year. You a go. Year. That's almost more than I make every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's feels like that's an easy decision there. It'd be a real interesting thing. We're like, oh well, I, I guess I can send my child here, but but they and we will all starve to death. Yeah. But the quality of the education. So I don't think you send your kid to a private school for the quality of the education. No. You send them there because you they you get want them con- to be sexually abused. There's that part, but. Also, it's just because you send them there because they then go to school with the children of people who are in high positions of power, mm. and that gives you access to. Yeah. Well, then so. there should be an, a, a secondary service where I can get, pay a discount amount, amount mm. and my kids only go to the private school during lunch breaks. Then they can mm. socialize with the, yeah. the rich kids. Yeah, that's good. But they don't have to pay for that expensive education. Yeah. So I mean, probably be. I guess it, if it's just like one fifth of the day, then you mm. guess you would only pay one fifth of the price. I feel like because it's lunchtime as well, mm. though. Like they're just sort of they're just running around or whatever. Yeah. Maybe getting a little. Or they bit could of pick up garbage. Maybe they, it may, that's great. You know, <laughs> then maybe they could be bullied by the kids at that school, which mm. still gives them an in. That's interaction, mm. you know. And then maybe those bullies will feel guilt later on in life that's if right. they have some kind of, you know, great. Um, great moment of, That's right. of, of, uh, of uh, an epiphany. It's not likely because no, they're so rich. They're so rich and they never have to. Maybe when they're on some of those expensive drugs or something, mm. they'll have an insight. Oh, ecstasy or something like that, yeah. Mm. And But then, you know, they might see you as a hard worker. And so when they're looking for someone to clean their yeah, their mansion or their pol- political office or something like that they might get you mm. or if they just want to have like a like a cleaner who comes with them at all times mm. not necessarily a cleaner maybe just somebody who picks up the garbage they just throw on the mm. ground you know um i i like it i think that's a sketch i think i think l- mm. letting your kids into the pri- into the most expensive private school mm. i mean i would say i could probably even swing this just for free right Mm. I just buy a second-hand uniform from one of the fucking go to an op shop in Turak in one of the expensive neighbourhoods, cobble together 
you know, the best looking uniform that I can. And then every lunchtime I grab my kid from their piss box estate mm-hmm. school, slap them into this blazer, chuck mm-hmm. a tie over their head, and yep. then sh- throw them over the fence down yeah. the back near the near the tennis courts. Mm-hmm. Right, And they go and they sort of go, hey, hey, guys. Hey, uh, what's up? Yeah. Far out, <laughs> hey. How tough's like... Um, religion class, mm. you know, and then they become friends with those people. That's right. And then that way you keep them from away from mm. all those predatory teachers. I think teachers. this could even be a concept for a film. That's a good idea because you just want that access to mm. rich people later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I could even drop – I could even get involved in some of the extracurricular activities after school or really whatever, good. audition or something for something. Mm. I think it's a quite a good teen comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And maybe you could just take the name of one of the kids that died at One the of school. the kids that died because they have lots. Yeah. They have lots because of all the abuse. Oh, oh my God. God <laughs> um, oh, no. Ah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, that's another way you could get in. You know, you could – you could give a character reference to one of the teachers mm. who, who uh, you know, who does something bad. Yep. And that really gives you an in. It gives you cachet amongst the sort of yes. you know, the people. And compromat. Yeah, that's right. The circle of people who are, you know, are protecting them, then they're going to protect you. Mm. And they'll let you bring your kid in at lunchtime. This movie is called Lunch Breakers, mm. right? And it's um, it's sort of like Wedding Crashes, okay, but yeah. for school kids, mm. lunch breaks, yeah. and um, private schools. And you you really load up your kid's lunchbox with lots of stuff that other kids are going to want to <gasps> trade on. That is so good. Mm. Yes, because they've probably all got some fucking vegan thing, you know, high glucose, no, glu- low GI mm. thing. You send your kid in there with a White box of squirms. You know, f- but the, yeah, the, the food of the peasants, which mm. is the thing that mm. the, we know the elite love. <laughs> you know, cheese and Vegemite sandwich on white bread. Ah, or Nutella. Yes. Oh, oh, that's how you win good. them over. Yeah. With that Italian delicacy. Mm. So it sort of becomes then a little bit like sort of a drug dealing kind of thing. Operation. You're bringing in the... Um, but you don't use drugs so that you don't get the picked fruit up. Roll-ups. Mm, fruit roll-ups. Fruit mm. roll-ups. Man, that's um, how you do it. I like it so much. <clears throat> Breaking into those uh, those upper echelons of society. I think mm. I remember hearing when um, some like friend of Prince Harry's mm. was, was trying to set him up with people. Mm. And I remember her doing an interview at some point kind of saying, like, you know, we're looking around for people and... And this, you know, where she was like, I was kind of like looking at yeah. keeping an eye out for him. And, and she had, she had sort of known Megan Markle in some way and was like, you know, she's, she'd be good. She's like, yeah, well, in a way she's like, she's not one of the elites. Like she's not an, an aristocrat, mm. but she is very good at like moving in those circles. Like mm. they, they accept her and she knows the conventions. Mm. And so they can bring her up there and she can sort of work with, you know, like be around yeah. rich people culture. She can get and, promoted to the premiership. Yeah. And so then she, she was like, well, let's introduce them. So, you mm. know, she is viable. Mm. Essentially, you know, because I think it's just a small community of, you know, billionaires. Potentially and, viable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the children of, you know, owners of sort of Johnson and Johnson mm. and sort of, you know. And, of course, the children of Meghan Markle's dad who seems to be – 
one of the worst guys in the world. Yeah, <laughs> just craziness. Yeah, <laughs> massive asshole. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I don't know anything about and, it either. And I'm but... sorry, Megan Markle's dad. I know you listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've always just done this podcast for Megan Markle's dad, and here you are, Andy, attacking our our our, our raison d'être. A mm, reasonable d'être. Here's the thing, right? So yep. I pronounce, I speak French, mm. but I pronounce uh, croissant, croissant, mm. right? Uh, the, one of the greatest, one of the greatest, probably, uh, you know traitorisms to mm. to my to my language mm. but i do it because i think that when you speak english you pronounce the words mm. in the way that the people who speak english pronounce them yeah right yeah, interesting because there is almost no similarity between croissant and the way the word in french <laughs> croissant <laughs> right it's like i mean really you should just be saying crescent yeah, because that's because that's our English word that's the for English what word. that is. Yeah, we should translate it. Yeah, but instead we're trying to we're trying to say it like it's a mm. French word by not saying it at all like it. So it's quoi. I think quoi. It's it w- more like C R, but it's the back of the throat mm. R, and then wa. I think uh, there should we should do a sort of a foreign language class yeah. for French people. Mm-hmm. But all we do is we just teach them the Australian pronunciations of French words. I think that's a great, that's a sketch. great sketch. It's a great sketch. <laughs> it's it's a straight. It's called Australian French for the French, mm-hmm. and um, and you know we uh, vil. We teach people how to pronounce l's. Um, What's that? V- vil. V- vil. V i double l e. Yeah. Vil. You know and. Yeah, um, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a single other example, but that doesn't matter. There can be only two words in this entire class, but we teach them to s- teach the Frenchies to speak. Australian I mean, I think French. that's a great thing. I could. It's it's the kind of business I could get into mm. um, if I, you know, if when when, when comedy stops working out. Mm. Um, so it would just be like me. What's the value of this? Why is it useful to people? Well, it allows people to to integrate and to like. There's less friction mm. in terms of like, like you know, just like little micro micro problems. You mm. know, somebody hears you go, "Hello, yes, uh, I will have a, a cafe mm. with a croissant," like mm. that, and then they go the fuck are you talking about? Mm. And they go, well, we get it, but you're a, you're a wanker. Mm. And we mm. don't like wankers around here. Yeah. Um, but we will take are, your money. Are French people all wankers? No. 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 Okay. It's just... But why do they talk like that then? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even begin to understand why they talk like that. <laughs> it's like they're speaking another language. Do they think they're better than us or something? They probably do. There isn't a way. But it's only because they demonstrably are. are. <laughs> but there's a, it's a weird thing is that we, we just think of French as just a better language in some way. I mean. A more. Where would France sit as like a country in terms of like education and, you know, on the objective scale mm. of whether. Can we work out if they actually are better than us? 
you know, I guess they've, they've got all this history and art and stuff, but I don't know if that means that they're better than us. I, like, I kind of feel like France is a little bit of a developing country. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I guess in that they're always developing and growing. Yeah, you know? in a way that we, clear, again, mm. clearly aren't. Yeah, but I think, look, I, I actually don't know the stats on how mm. well France is going, and I think sure. that maybe they've been having their own problems. Um, mm. But, but at least they're trying stuff, you know? I think so. But I think also there's some pl- parts of France that are unbelievably stuck in their ways. Right. Like things like you don't really change jobs. You mm. have – it's like a, a, a métier pour vie. So you have like just like a, li- a, like a job for life. Mm. You become – you're the – this guy. You're the guy who makes the towels mm. and in this small town. And then you're just the towel maker and that's the what towel. you do. I think I'd like that. But yeah. Who wants that? Well, you can do that. You no. can – just do a thing over and over again, get really good at it, mm. and then keep doing it over and over again and just improving your processes. Mm. It's basically what the film uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi is all about. Mm, yeah. You know, it's like there's some culture in Japan which is like it's just about work ethic and it's about doing the same thing over and over again and improving it. Yeah, and that's never going to happen in Australia. Well, you could still do it within the bubble of your life. That's never going to happen in Australia. Yeah. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I do. So ju- you would just, move to Japan to do it. <laughs> just on the uh, the 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 people going to at lunchtime to the private school. Yeah. Um, it, w- it might be quite a good strategy as well, just for getting around, getting ahead in business and that sort of thing. Mm. To just go spend your time going to cafes in, um, you know, dr- dress up in a nice suit mm. or whatever, and just go to cafes in the in the business district and sort yeah. of have fake meetings with. With people and talk on your your Bluetooth headset that sure. doesn't even have to be real. Yeah, you know you can just make one out of plasticine mm. or so something like that. So like become like, like a sort of a con artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's just to get a job mm. or you know to to get to know these people yeah, and then to con them yeah. into employing you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then once you've got the job, you'll do the work. Yeah, of course. They... As a way to getting a different job. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I guess yeah. If you're getting a job in a field that you already know mm. everything how to do, then that's great. Mm. Or are you just making it up through phone calls? Well, isn't all business just making it up through phone calls? Probably. Yes. Probably, but you don't know that until you're on the job. It's yeah. a real learning on the job kind of thing. <laughs> you know, if they're like, "Well, here we kind of don't really do phone calls. We use, you know, we communicate through chalkboards or something like that." You know, yeah. You don't know. I really like the idea of somebody molding themselves a little Bluetooth headset out of a bit of plasticine and a, yeah. like a pen lid or something like that and putting it in the area. <laughs> sure. they, this person, they've got, they've got nothing, mm. right? They've got, you know, some art supplies mm. or something like that and then they decide that they want to make it at the highest echelons of business. Yeah. And they use their skills as a, like a sort of in craft. Yeah. To cobble together th- some things, I make a to, little fake to also make phone. a suit out of no, a non-suit mm, thing. Great paper. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it's, uh, you just had tea towels or something, yes, and you're like you somehow some were able to just 
You had mm-hmm. patience, and that was the one thing that you did have. Mm. You don't have anything else, and you just sort of slowly but surely took all these brown tea towels yeah. and turned them into a brown business suit, something that looked like a brown business you've suit. You've got patience. You've got time on your hands. Mm-hmm. You, craft, you, craft, you craft your suit. You make what looks like an iPad. But you just really need to make the back and then you can like rip the pages out of like some old book and like slip it in there so it looks like you've got one of those leather cases, mm. right? And then you just sort of pretend to be tapping away at it and then somebody comes over and you close it before they can see the screen, yeah. obviously, because you've got so many business secrets on there. Yeah. But you're just using your craft skills mm-hmm. and then using all of those, somehow you work your way up to being... It does feel like a French movie in some mm. way. I don't know why. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. But where, but a, where is this going? You know, what is this person doing? You know, what are they? Uh, where are they heading? Is um, this going to all go wrong for them? Yeah, probably. Because now point. we're starting to get kind of close to what it feels like. I mean, this is not quite, but it's starting to have a bit of a parasite feel. Oh, really? Well, there's an element, a little bit to it. Um, what about they? Uh, they they work at a school. Yeah, they're an arts teacher or craft teacher mm-hmm. or something at a primary school, and then the school gets closed down. For some reason, to um, to uh, be replaced with a chemical factory. Ah, right? good. And then they <laughs> they do try. They 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 use their their ability as a craft person. Mm-hmm. It's so French. This is so this fucking is really French. French. So yeah, cute yeah, yeah. and French mm-hmm. and shit. And then they do work their way up. It's got to be a woman, I imagine, doing this sure. because it's not cute and French if it's a man. Well, you could, but unless it's unless like it's a, a cute French man, yeah, it's a weak, it's like a weak, meek man. Mm. And they work their way up. And they, um, they, you know, they become one of the board of the I company. Think, or I think something if it's like a woman, that. though, it becomes Amelie. Right. Yeah. Well, then we, ma- manly. Yeah, manly. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm listening. Yeah. Um, um, so then they they need they need something that pays more. They need something, mm. Uh, mm. you know, and then. Maybe they keep just crafting their way through. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they actually get through the mm. job. It's just through craft. Yep. Um, but what are they achieving? What are they? Well, are they trying to get the school made? I think, it, you know, we can have it that at some point they, they change from wanting to have the school made to once they actually saved. Is that like... Saved, saved. They, they want to, they decide that actually that they would like to become the head of the chemical plant. And, mm. and then they do that. And they... yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they. And, and then there's some kind of weird thing mm. where the person who was buying the chemical factory mm. is now the head of the school. Well, <laughs> no, it's actually you realize that the person that you saw at the beginning who was the ke- running the chemical factory is them. Is them. Amazing. And, and time is circular. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Now it's so it? French. This is such a French film. Yeah. <laughs> um Eventually, they craft themselves an entire like plasticine face mm. of like some bloated old plutocrat oh, man, mm. and they just assume this identity and they climb into this sort of robotic fat suit mm. body that they've made with bits of string and popsicle sticks, and then they just start mm. you well, know, living that life. There's an interesting idea that where you know like they can use craft to get through everything because let's say they they they're asked to write a report. Mm. And then they kind of just make it by 
recreating it by you know taking tiny little stamps and making it mm. look like there's lots of writing there yeah. instead of formatting it the way that reports mm. are and they give it something but nobody looks at it nobody, nobody really it. pays attention <laughs> yeah. to things like that and you just get you just kind of climb your way up and they go oh we love that yeah things like that and you might put a nice image at the front a friend of mine um has a consultancy business and he did this huge report for this um this company Worth all this money, lots of really interesting findings. Gives it to them, and nobody has read it months later. They right. just didn't. They just didn't get it. People moved on. People moved jobs, and that sort of thing. You're like, yeah, what do you think of this? And like, oh yeah, we haven't we haven't got around to looking at that. Wow. Just you know, they're just there's so much lost money out there that just people. But just that's stick. the only way that we get the trickle down. It's that's true. <laughs> People restructuring things, mm. people getting consultants in for things. Mm. This French movie, by the way, I'm writing this French oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Just write down the words French movie. French. I think we should make a French movie, but mm. it can all be with Australian accents, but all speaking French. But French with um, with a, with Australian, with the, the Australian pronunciation of croissant. It's a perfectly French movie. Every, all the French actors... Are uh, are playing straight French characters with French accents as they speak in French, except for when they say a few words that we also have in Australian English, and then they pronounce them with an Australian accent. And I guarantee to you that this will win the best foreign film at the next. Uh, I mean, Oscars. the interesting part I think will be that part where the French person, woman or man, mm. um is the head of the chemical company mm. and wants to buy the school. Mm. And then they meet the, you know, in that, in that scene where they kind of, the head of the school maybe, uh, sorry, the head of the chemical company who is now them, you know, mm. is the, the, part, mm. the original, the art teacher. Mm. Um, they walk past him and they might meet him briefly. Uh, sees themselves as the art teacher mm. again. And they have a, an inter like a weird interaction where I don't know do they recognize themselves mm. to, and then they see that person maybe then then, then they're like oh, that is me I remember who I used to be mm. right and then that person goes off and starts trying to change who they are and maybe now you see the the head of this chemical company is like mm. becomes obsessed with them and they start following them and mm. like you know watching them from afar yeah and then they're trying to peel off the plasticine face mold but mm. it doesn't come away yeah and there's there, and then there is something that happens in order for them to to let go of their position as the head mm. of the chemical company and gives it to this other to this other version of them. Yeah, yeah. As like a, as, a, as they try and regain their mm. soul in some way. Yeah, and maybe it's that person who's who's lost, uh, who's decided to step down from the head mm. of the chemical company, who decides that no, we need to save this school. Mm. There was something beautiful here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest movie. Yeah. Of all time. <laughs> anyway, if you are a producer or anything like that and you want to put some development money towards... Into towards an Australian-French co-production. Yeah, an Australian. It'll be Canal Plus mm. that will... Uh, that will oh, I'm interested in Canal Plus. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll make it. Uh, it'll be minimal on words, but it'll be maximal mm. on, on heart. beautiful heart. And, uh, you know, it'll be... Maybe we can get Gondry to... Uh, mm. To uh, to direct it, because I mean he'll Gondry. love that he'll love that that craft stuff. Michelle oh, Gondry, yeah, that's him. Loves a bit of craft. Yep, you know, and he's been he's been out of the 
out he of the limelight for a bit. What's he done since Be Kind Rewind? I don't know. I don't know either. I but, haven't been paying attention. But him and Charlie Kaufman both kind of, it's like they've lost their chances to make more movies. Charlie Kaufman, I think, carries it quite heavily on his on his shoulders. That's why he made that play, Anomalisa. It was like an audio mm. play, which then some animators were like, we want to, these mm. art, you know, that we want to make that into a film. And it was like a, an amazing film, but it was like also just a, it wasn't like a big financial success. Or is whatever, he, is he, if Charlie Kaufman, you think is, is distressed by the fact that he's, he's not making movies? Yeah, I think he thinks he fucked it up with, um, Cynic. Synecdoche, New York, yeah. Really? Because that was his directorial debut. But he fucked it up, I think, in just in terms of it wasn't a f- huge financial success. He thinks it was maybe too weird, which I love that film. I'm going to go back and watch it again soon. I'm watching it right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I just I, finished watching it. Uh, <laughs> God, we fun. Yeah, uh, we have good times. We fun. We fun, aren't we? We fun. We fun. It's a, the new Chinese app, We Fun. Mm, probably. Well, they have WeChat. There would be one. Yeah. Yeah. Wii U, that's the Nintendo, that's mm. Japanese. Mm. Oh, the <laughs> Japanese, Chinese, no, n- Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I would love to become an archaeologist. You think so? Well, mm, what so I really want buildings, is... old buildings? Yeah, old, old buildings. I'd love to dig up old buildings. Mm. What I really want is the treasure, but I'll settle for the old buildings mm. and the, you know, whatever the... Well, you know, like some people just like old pot or rotten. Some of the stuff wood. You just go and like you read like old diaries of explorers and shit like Mm. that, right? Uh, Vikings or you know the diaries of the Vikings. The diaries of the Vikings are like ancient like uh, Dutch people who came to Australia, whatever. And then you have to, based on what they've said, work out work out where they may have left some stuff. Yeah, and then you go and find that stuff and then you dig it up and then it's like worth that's a whole bunch really of... good you're just solving a little puzzle or something yeah. you're getting the clues that's what and you just go and dig up the treasure that's where like in england it's like much more it's good because there was like heaps of history there of mm. stuff like you know gold, like coins and things like that from periods that people don't have that much written history of um you know what we should be doing mm. we should be measuring burying treasure right now right of course. as an investment because like we've got a bunch of gold and stuff now. It's mm. all in um, reserve banks and that sort of thing, and it's worth X amount of dollars, whatever, yeah. right? But think how great it's it would be mm. for fu- you know for human civilization, assuming there is any, yeah. in five hundred thousand years to dig up just a little bit of that. Like what? Who is yeah. out there burying treasure in this day and age? Nobody. No. We're all focused on fucking digging it up. Well, but I mean, the real investment you, is in burying it for the future. But I think, my, like, you know, Fort Knox and things like that, those are buried treasure, essentially. These oh, like, my God, it, you're right. You know? But are we putting in booby traps? Because I think we should put in booby traps. Because one of the problems mm. with real treasure is that there aren't actually really booby traps. Mm. There are no elaborate rotating sure. things and all that kind of crap. I think we should be putting some of that in. I think people so save that we can make of... the future that we want. I think people save like booby traps like that just for like their weed plantation that's in the bush <laughs> yeah. where they've just put a tripwire <laughs> attached to a shotgun. It's all preppers, mm. all psychotic preppers. Mm. Yeah, destroyed so. their brains with mm. drinking. And the problem with weed is that it, it won't last over the years and mm. it will just decompose. The bugs mm. love it, you know, once it's de- dead. Do they? I assume. Yeah, probably. You know, I think that's what mm. happens with all vegetable matter. You're right. 
Okay. I thought you meant there was something special about weed that bugs loved. Maybe probably getting high, you know. Um, they love those ancient medicines. Mm. So what do you? What, but what do you think of my idea about like a camp, campaign to bury some treasure to do it and do it properly with maps, with booby traps, with mm. you know little um, clues, mm-hmm. you know tattooed onto the head mm. of a a baby or something like that. Could you do this as like an alternative to like a an escape room where it's like a it's like a place where you know, a bit of land that you got where you, people are all dressed up as pirates and shit. And yes. then you get them to, you know, a bit, a bit of body of water and stuff like that and they got to find where this treasure oh, is. I think, well, that's a bit too, bit too immediate, right? Mm. A bit too real. What I, but what I might offer as part mm. of my service, if what you've inspired me to suggest, is that like, if your family mm. invests a certain amount of money mm-hmm. in my project to bury treasure, then I will give your family three scrolls that you can share amongst the children of your family and hand down through the generations. And those three scrolls, if combined, do form a clue that will lead one of your family members Mm. in the future to this buried treasure. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe if you could tattoo it on the back of one of the children. I will. Mm. I will. I will tattoo it on the back of one child. I will scar it into the the memory of another child Mm. And I will um, give another one uh, some GPS coordinates. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. a long term. It's long term. Yeah. I see. I, I see investment. a sort of another kind of like it's like not really an investment for them because they don't get anything back. Or does the gold just keep going up in value? Well, I imagine it would. And also, when things are treasure, they actually have a bigger value mm. than the face value of the, or, you know, than the, yeah, right. the mineral value Maybe of the gold. Maybe you stamp or something. it. You stamp it into something. Yeah, I'd stamp li- it. Limited run. It'll look. Look. I'll get an artisan to do something mm. with it to put a sapphire in the mouth of a jade god or something. Yeah. Like that. And so that you can picture sort of like in. You know, fifty years or whatever people get it, or twenty years. Or... No, 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 no. We're talking long term here. It's it's through the generations. Okay, right. This is this is for you know four generations down the 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 sons of the sons. I, mean, I guess of the sons. That's the, yeah. I guess that's the use of art is really mm. is that you can turn your things into treasure. Mm. Um. So, um, my thinking was that. Uh, yeah, you do it. Great. I then <laughs> and then yeah, sure. <laughs> So. <laughs> it's a family treasure business. You come and sign up because your family might be boring as batshit now. But if your family are the only ones who have three clues to the lost treasure of the Raskar mm-hmm. Mandanes, I'm sorry, I was going too close to a uh, Tintin reference there, which I've been doing this whole time. Uh, then, um, then, then suddenly your family will become interesting in about 200 t- years' time, which, by the way, is the only time when I've worked out that the various planets will align, mm. um, which if you hold the scrolls up to the sky, you'll be able to see them in their place and that will lead you to the treasure. So it's actually something that you can't even find until um, some certain point And I guess if you do it future. to really rich families, you could do it on their own huge part. Bits of land. Yeah. You, know, you go, look, you have It'll be buried 10,000 acres somewhere. here. Yeah. Um, I'll even come and I'll bury some of your wealth. I'll do it using mm, your wealth. And I'll... Um, it's sort of a trust fund kind mm, of thing. Long term. Yeah. And then as well as like maybe creating some, you know, mythological meaning to mm, your family and things yeah. like that, which will, you know, sort of mm-hmm. 
I'll, g- I'll give you a mythology. Give you guys confidence or something like that in the future. Yeah. In, the, in the future to be more ruthless business wise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, allow you to sort of lobby the, the government more to not, you know, not based on your 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 sense of entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. It'll have some real meaning. Mm. There'll be a prophecy. There's a prophecy. I'll do you a prophecy. That's good. That's yeah. nice. Self fulfilling, the best kind. I love those. Yeah. Um. Do we have some words from a listener? We do, Andrew. Andrew, uh, today's three words from our Patreon supporter mm-hmm. is from Robert Nettleson. That is a, a fantastic name. Robbie Nettleson. Olson. Yeah, Robbie Net- Nettleson. Nettleson. Uh, yeah, Nettleson. It's very good. N-E-T-T? N-E-T-T, baby. Yeah! Hello, Robert. Um, Robert has sent us three words. Do you want to guess what the first word is? Yes, cardamom. Cardamom? Cardamom. Mum. Cardamom. Isn't it called cardamom? I thought it was cardamom, but... Could be. But, but look, I'll see if it's cardamom. Agree to disagree. It's not cardamom. <laughs> um, it's gently. And it, then it's genocidal, and then it's genitalia. Gently, genocidal, genitalia. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, impl- it, it, it for me, yeah. this feels like... I think it's a... Hugely problematic for a start. Um... I think it's some Dr. Frankenstein mm. who has tried to make the world's biggest genitalia. Mm. Somehow they've become sentient, but they have the sentientness of a snail. Now, when you say uh, the world's biggest genitalia, you're referring to a, a complete genitalia, not just one portion of the genitalia not say like an individual testicle or they made one penis yes with testicles yes and one vulva with uh-huh. the whole package yeah yeah talking clitoris urethra mm. vagina mm. hole mm. labia <laughs> outer labia <laughs> and of course vagina hole and vagina hole <laughs> cervix even at the back there wow mm-hmm. yeah that is the complete package yeah. And but they're all they're not connected to a body, and mm. they're huge. Mm. They are sort of as about as big as a three-story apartment building. Okay, that is big. Right? That is bigger. Well, that's actually almost exactly as big as I was thinking. Yeah, and they are sentient. Sentient, but they have the sentient intelligence of a snail, mm. and so they move very slowly, mm. leaving a trail. Yeah, slimy trail that checks out. And they sometimes, you know, it's going to turn a lot of heads. Mm. Some people who are rubbernecking yeah. absolutely get crushed and sucked into the folds. Oh, no. And, and you, feel, you, like, you freeze sort of like a rabbit in the headlights. Mm, of course. I mean, mm. you have so many questions. Yeah. And, and you're shouting them. You're shouting them. You want answers. You're sort of, you got your hand mm. on your belt buckle mm. I don't know. Um, why did the scientists you're, you're shocked and aroused at the same time why did this dr frankenstein dr wankenstein if you will construct these enormous genitals what were they hoping to achieve were they hoping to build an entire giant and they thought i'll just build it from the genitals g- genitals up Andy, this, and out and down i mean so this will be the opening scene of mm. this movie these things, you see them crushing, sucking and absorbing mm. people, you know, up into their folds, mm. things like that, up into their 
various holes, mm. things like that. And then over the thin course of it, we see this guy, Doctor, who we later find out is Doctor Wankenstein. Mm. His hand, uh, his head in his hands. You know, what have I? What have I created? What have I created? <laughs> like that. And then cut to where it all began. Yeah, earlier. Wanken- Flashback. Wankenstein right. as a young boy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then we find out how he how he created this, and then mm. we'll find out what made him want to do this. But mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell you right now because yeah. that would ruin it. All we know is where we're, where it winds up, where we're heading. I love it. You begin there in the middle of the action. These things are um, consuming the city slowly, incredibly slowly. But they do have this hypnotic power. Mm-hmm. Um, are they? Are they? They're two separate entities. Mm-hmm. Are they um, enemies? Are they working together as a team? I think that's what, what that's what's great is that like most Monster enemy, movies. like yeah, most en- enemy and sort of superhero movies, they'll like have to team up. The greatest enemies are also the best of friends, mm. you know, or were once the best of friends. So yeah. I think that they can team up, mm. but then especially against a common enemy, mm. man, <laughs> really, you know. Because I think once the military comes out, mm. starts trying to stop this. Mm. Which in Australia, I don't know how fast the military would really be able <laughs> Deploy. to get here. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess they'd, they'd get some fighter jets here, but you don't mm. want to just stick a missile in there, especially mm. when there's people stuck in those folds. Yeah, but there are people stuck in those folds. Mm. We're gonna nuke it. Mm. We don't have nukes we in don't Australia. Have nukes in <laughs> don't tell them. There's international <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Might use that as an opportunity to... That is one of our strategic vulnerabilities. I'm going to give away all of Australia's... This is how I'm going to boost the numbers on the podcast, Alistair. You've got to offer people yeah. something. And what I'm offering is strategic national, vulnerabilities national in Australia's secrets. national security. Okay? So tune in every week and I will tell you something different about the way in which Australia could be vulnerable to international attack. I think that's great. Okay? We don't have... Here's today's tidbit. We don't have nukes. Our we submarines. Nukes. No, don't give away the submarines. That's okay. we've got to we've got to lure right. people right. back for next week. Yeah. But there's going to be something good about us or something bad about our submarines in next week's episode. <laughs> All right, Alistair. Um, I'll take us through the things. Yeah, great. We've got these novel underwater breathing apparatus. Mm. Uh, we're talking... A functional whirlpool. A functional mouth whirlpool. It's a fan in your mouth that makes whirlpools to open up a breathing hole for you. Or the inflatable mouth boat mm. that you can breathe. Then we've also got getting your kid into the lunch times of an expensive private school. Yes. Get those connections with the, the, the children of wealthy people. Become friends with them before they are themselves powerful. Yeah, it's a private school hack. Absolutely. And then when later on in life you'll be invited to all the expensive parties, you'll have contacts mm. with people who are in charge of lots of money for their in their companies, you'll be able to consult for them, you'll be able to do shows for mm. them, you'll be able to whatever. You'll be able to dance for them while they throw <laughs> money at your feet exactly. and, you're, and you're in a funny little suit. Yeah. You can you can dance while you ask them to throw coins at you. <laughs> And think about the kind of coins that rich people have. It's the it's the gold stuff. Yeah, they'll be able, they'll be able to throw them pretty hard as well yeah. because of their you know their strong muscles well, that they have, they all have from all the food trainers. they've been able to eat <laughs> that you didn't get. Yeah. Then you got 
Australian French words in English for the French. It's a class mm. that you can run for French people on how to pronounce French words in English. Mm, mispronunciation. It's well, that's maybe the name of the teacher. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mademoiselle pronunciation. Then <laughs> uh, we got a French movie about a crafty art teacher who works their way up. Crat. <laughs> Crafty art, crat. It's one of those words. It's a single syllable one that's just lying there. Who works their way up uh, a chemical company to save their school. It's being bought by the chemical Mm. company. But then the school gets saved by the new head of the chemical company. But then another head takes over. Mm. And that's them. Or is it? We'll find out. Um, family treasure business. You invest in us burying your treasure. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll set the whole thing up. Mm. This is a 200-year scheme. Absolutely. But you can do shorter ones for them as well. That involves you doing more to the gold, mm. I think, to sort of make it, you know, to value add yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm basically a jeweler. But... Basically, but a, a jeweler with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we got Dr. Wankenstein's giant, <laughs> uh, gently genocidal genitalia. Yeah, I mean, what a well-developed sketch idea that one is. I think that's beautiful. Yeah? It's a, I mean, it's another film idea, really. Mm, okay. But it's a German film instead. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're, it's a real European cinema episode. Yeah. Thank you, and please do come to the show Teleport at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Buy your tickets now; they are selling. They are selling. Our our first our first night has a you know has is let's say a quarter full already. I mean. That uh, might not sound no, good no. to you at it's home. A, yeah, it's a third full. It's, it's a, a third, third full. full. And, and that uh, might not sound that might not sound huge, but we're that's we are, very good for us. Yeah, there's, <laughs> we're two weeks out, and you have no idea how much your presence will be uh, desired, felt, um, and appreciated. Felt and appreciated. Hello to all the people that I've been meeting recently who are listeners who uh, have said told me that they're coming to the show, and I very that's much incredible. appreciate that. Um, and uh, also, if you, you know, after you've bought tickets to Teleport, if you feel like coming and seeing Alistair Trombley Virtual couldn't be more thrilled with everything, that's also going to be such uh, a good show. going to be such a wonderful show and a good night, late night show that you can relax into, you know. Mm. Our Teleport's a 6.30 show, but the other one, you know, I've, I've, I've put it late enough so you have a good amount of time to have dinner and get a little tipsy, yes. you know. Smoke a little weed. You'll be perfectly receptive. Snort a little cocaine. You'll be wide open. <laughs> you know, inject, inject a, a little, little heroin. heroin. <laughs> you know, whatever you need. Go down a, a, a like a, a small K-hole, a little K-burrow. Yeah, just a K-burrow like that and just keep fading in and out. Mm. Fading in, and that's it's the perfect show for that kind of thing. It's not going to hush any of your buzzers, whatever no, they may be. absolutely not. Easy on buzzers. Oh, That's... but don't bring any narcs unless they want to come. Then yeah. do. And oh. they're on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Two in Tank. I'm at uh, Stupid Old Andy. I'm at Alistair TB. Support us on Patreon. The people who support us on Patreon, we love you so much. $3 will get you to send in three words that we'll do wonderful things mm-hmm. with. 
And uh, $8 will get you the overflow tank, which has sci-fi try guys, which is where we write science fiction stories. Yep. And uh, at the moment, we're doing a series of teleport, which is uh, our characters from the show teleport, talking about the technology. Talking about the technology and some of the where some of the ideas do come out and then mm. eventually become part of the show. But it's also just, you know, it's like a little background. It's a little background on these guys. A little run up for you your know, mind. How, how did they come up with the idea of teleportation? Well, That's what you're wondering. Yeah. And we love, love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.